let's start this show. Welcome to Dear So-and-So, a phone call between friends where we offer up advice that no one has asked for. Occasionally, some people ask for it. Those fools. Yeah, those fools. As always, we'll read some of our favorite advice column questions and give our unsolicited opinions. I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. Welcome to Dear So-and-So. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We have some questions we have a lot we have some questions we have questions to yeah to titillate and excite and and stump you dear listeners yeah on onward and upward okay um this is another dear abby um it is signed love to all in pennsylvania this is from love to all in pennsylvania this is pretty short Dear Abby, I have a preteen daughter, and for the last couple of years, we have read Hanukkah books and lit the menorah, always saying the prayers. We are not Jewish, but I want her to be tolerant of all religions and cultures. Is this disrespectful to the Jewish community? Sign, love to all in Pennsylvania. No. Okay, say more. (laughs) For one, Hanukkah is like a bullshit holiday. Like this is not. But this is not the yeah Jewish holiday to celebrate. Like no one cares about it. That I mean, like kids care because sure. they get like eight Little days gifts. of yeah. gifts. <laughs> I thought in Dear Abby's answer, she was like, "No, it's not rude at all, but you should definitely give your kid gifts." Yeah, yeah, she's like, d- you know, as long as you're celebrating because Hanukkah lasts eight days, give your daughter a little gift each night so she can nope, enjoy all the. Benefits. I actually disagree with that. <laughs> Me too. But- yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to expose your child to other holidays, definitely bribe them. Yeah, no, take out the, like, shit that makes Christmas terrible. Like, you've already got Christmas for that. You don't need to bring capitalism into, like, everything. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong about, like, exposing your child to to different holidays. And I would challenge you to go even further and expose them to other holidays. I would challenge you to go even further. And if there's a synagogue in your town to attend a, a service yeah. there, yeah. you if if that feels at all uncomfortable, I promise you there's a rabbi that you can write to. <laughs> I can't speak for all denominations right. of Judaism, but I promise you. There's if- one out there for you. Yeah. Religious communities are, um, a, they're, they're dying a slow death. Um, so they want your youthful energy. Um, yes, they do. I would say this is true in, in most cases, except like, uh, I've read some like not so great things about like white tourists in gospel churches. Mm, um, sure. That that's like a, that cause that's racialized. That's very weird. Like often like the white people will be up in the balcony, like looking down, like it's just like everything mm-hmm. about it's fucking weird. So I do think there are situations in which like sort of religious voyeurism or um, what is it? Like religious um, tourism is yep. kind of fucked up. I, sure. but as um, not, but, but, but I think sort of- if you are, if, if you are as a parent or as a kid actually interested, like I think actually reaching out to yeah. leaders of congregations and doing it with is, them as, and not as sort of like yeah. Yep. I really like this, and I honestly would challenge this parent to like take it a step further yeah. to see if you have any friends who celebrate Shabbat. Like, yeah. oh, what That's a nice thing. thing yeah. to be invited. <laughs> like, I'm always so touched if somebody invites me over for like Christmas yeah. dinner or to come over. You just get to be part of like some thing you other would never, yeah, moment like or tradition. Otherwise. Yeah. yeah, or like, I mean, what a 
awesome and interesting thing to like attend a wedding that's of a very different like Culture religious background. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but the thing about religion is and like these rituals too, like weddings and stuff, that they are not like they're communal. Like the whole point mm-hmm. of them yes. is about community. And so it yeah. is a little bit weird to me that you're sort of doing this at home in a vacuum when you could yeah. sort of be like that's ex- why I, I yeah. feel very strongly like yeah. reach out you 100% can can go to a synagogue's Rosh Hashanah service that's actually not true because the high holidays are usually ticketed yeah I was events. like I don't know but you probably have a friend you that's definitely, Jewish like this is yes. so weird you know yeah come on man you um, can definitely pay to get a ticket to the show you. that is Rosh Hashanah <laughs> But it doesn't have to be a high holiday. It can be just like exactly. a normal, you know. Go to a Shabbat yeah. a service. See if you can, if you have friends who celebrate Shabbat and would invite you over for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. How fun. How fun. I was recently thinking about how much I missed the visceralness of ripping the challah yeah. as it's passed oh, around yeah. the table. Just like sinking my fingers into that like weird braided soft bread yep. and like just tearing it apart yeah. as this communal thing that no longer exists now that COVID is happening yeah i brought a loaf of bread over to shane's house this weekend when we ate a meal together outside six feet Mm -hmm. apart and i brought bread and i didn't slice it beforehand and i was like oh crap oh no you know like i should so what did you do well i mean we just sliced it then and there and then we split it up but like and then did yeah but i was like oh the right thing to do really nice about tearing into bread communally yeah I, it does. It has like a lot of weight historically. Ugh. Really brings you back to your ancestors. Yeah, it's a gesture that has been inhabited by so many, just like millions upon millions of hands. And yes. it's really powerful. I feel that way about oh. lighting fires too. Like especially mm, when I'm yes. not using a lighter, but like sort of like trying when to use a match. When you're using two and, stones. Like, <laughs> I don't use two stones, but like when I'm like, okay, I got to get some kind of kindling together. I got And yeah. I have to kind of think about how the fire is going to build. Totally, um, right. When you're, when you're not at your grill in yeah. the back. Yard yeah, when exactly. Like- when I don't turn a knob, or even just, yeah, building it in your own, like in in a fireplace or in a wood stove or something. Yeah, just any of them. Mm-hmm. Just oof, love it, oh, love it. So nice. It's so nice. Um, it really is. I can't wait to tear into bread collectively yeah. with other people again. It's gonna be. If so I'm cool. looking forward to anything, anything. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Having a giant loaf of bread that's passed around the table and ripped at by ravenous hands. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. So beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that question. This is a weird thing. So, okay. I graduated... (laughs) I graduated high school in 2003. Yeah. But I have a very distinct memory of my junior year that the assistant dean was handing out take five bars that it would just be like you would walk out the front door of <laughs> high school and take five bars would just be like thrown at you but then I look online and I see that take five bars were only introduced by the Hershey company in December of 2004 so and if impossible. it was my junior year that would have been 2002 is it possible that we were getting like some sort of early um oh my god like a beta release yeah were we (laughs) were we getting an early advance on this or am i just remembering wrong side note my father recalls that (laughs) back when he was teaching tennis Uh he was teaching tennis to this woman and that he recalls that she came over one day 
with a Rubik's Cube and that she could finish it incredibly quickly. Fast forward to a couple months ago, Dad and I were watching on YouTube a history of the Rubik's Cube. It said the year the Rubik's Cube was made. My dad said, impossible. I remember that this woman came over to the house in blah, blah, blah year, which was three years before the Rubik's Cube was made and solved it. And I was like, not a chance in the world. I'm wondering if we both have fallen into a Mandela effect and... Yeah, like there's no... People don't remember shit accurately. Are you kidding me? Oh my God. No, no, no. Have we fallen into... Do you know the Mandela effect? No, I guess. Oh. (laughs) What? The Mandela effect is an idea that group false memories can be explained by alternate timelines (gasps) in that... We were traveling through a timeline together, and then a group of people fell into an alternate timeline and then came back to this timeline. What the fuck? Like the Berenstein Bears, yeah, the Mandela Berenstein Bears. effect. Yeah. Oh my God, that's a Berenstein Bear. That's like a, mm, that's an explanation for the Berenstein Bears. Yeah. Holy the people shit. who remember it as Berenstein, Berenstein, as opposed to Stain, fell into an alternate timeline and then traveled back to this timeline. What if next week on the show, I introduce myself <laughs> as Alyssa Bloomstain? And you're like, wait, what? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's been Bloomstain the, the entire, entire time. time. Yeah, that would that would really <laughs> fuck with me if I didn't know you were already going to do it. Oh, true. Well, fuck. Really, really ruined that. Bad at the long game here. Next time we have Busy on, you should do it. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, no, it's always been Alyssa Bloomstain. What are you talking about? <laughs> We'll just really fuck up busy. It'll be great. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, fantastic. Okay. Anyways, so what I so what I'm wondering yeah. is one, do I have to reach out to a bunch of other Brooklyn <laughs> High School students and yeah, check out our collective memory about the Take Five bar? Yeah, you do. Okay, I'll get back to you next week on the show. Are you sure it was a candy bar that had just come out? Like, no, I don't have any other details except that I fell into a Mandela effect and then fell back into this timeline. Wow. That must be hard for you. <laughs> I think it's exciting. Well, yeah, that's true. Let's further this conspiracy theory okay, in great. a way that's dangerous for uh, global economics. Let's make a TikTok about it. Okay, so this is signed, retired teacher in Morrisville, New York. It's from mm-hmm. Dear Abby. I have a different sort of pet peeve, but I hope you will let me air it. If you do, <laughs> I'm sure it will generate a collective sigh of relief from a few million TV watchers, and hopefully a station manager or two might take notice. I love we'll the see. idea of writing into Dear Abby as a way to, to like, like change the hearts and minds of millions. Yeah, totally. Particularly like, like um, you know, the presidents of TV networks. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I guess this... they don't need TV networks. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's maybe okay. less complicated than that. Okay. Uh, the weather reports all start with terrific computer-generated maps and diagrams presented by both local and national TV meteorologists. Yeah, good however, graphics, y'all. <laughs> however, they insist on standing in front of their display and waving their arms madly around, which is distracting, infuriating, and adds zilch to the report. Okay? 
Hold on. Yeah, I get it. Uh A typical example, the weather reporter announces the temperature in Boston is 74 degrees, then walks across the screen to point to a number on the map. Then the reporter shows how a front is moving from the southwest following the station manager's instructions. Crouch low, sweep arms around crazily and move to the center (laughs) of the screen, stand in front of the home city data, smile proudly, point out the local forecast because the map is now completely obscured. Why can't the old rubber tipper pointers used by our grade school geography teachers who stood thoughtfully to the side, thoughtfully off to the side while lecturing, be retired from the shock trays of America and put back into service? Unlike little children, TV weathercasters should be heard and not seen. Retired teacher in Morrisville, New York. Well, I do like this quote, the crouch, like it's a quote in their imagination of what sort of the, the producer is saying in right. the weatherman series, Crou- crouch low, crouch low. <laughs> like these, this, this like long um, thing in quotes. I like their imagination here. Me too. I, and I love the idea that a weathercaster is like, like receiving okay, this. What you're and, do. Like, yeah. Crouch low, look a little crazier. Fingers yeah. up higher. More, jazz hands, more. jazz hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, do, I think actually it's that the producer is a little bit asleep at the wheel and the weatherman is drunk. Like I don't. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I actually don't think this is what's happening, but yeah, um, it's cute, this idea. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't watched local news in a long time, so I Me don't... Me neither. I feel like we really S- fucked up. I actually should have prepped for this by consuming sure. 20 hours of local weather reports. Do you watch Steve Karnacki on MSNBC? No. Can May I encourage you yeah, to watch him? So it's usually an almost fisheye lens. Like he's in, it appears like he's in a small space with okay. a very, very wide lens that kind of like moves around him in a very music video-esque manner. He gestures emphatically a lot. And it's so enjoyable. Like there, there is part of the delight of consuming um, like voting data is right, him. Data isn't interesting. You, Yeah, someone brings it to life for you. Yeah. Yep. That's and so great. I wonder if that argument can therefore be made in some cases about meteorologists. Like, they are bringing data alive. <laughs> Indeed, they are bringing data alive. Um, yeah. Like, if anything, I want my meteorologist to be even more of a personality mm-hmm, than they already mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'll second that. So we'll, that's our ruling on this yeah. one. Yeah. That's, that's where ruling. I stand. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's our ruling. Gavel, gavel, gavel. Gavel, gavel, gavel. Done, done, done. We have a write-in. I will read it to you now. Who's it signed by? Oh, who is it signed by? It's signed Wishes for Dishes. (laughs) Yeah. Dear sweet so-and-sos, I'm living with my girlfriend and her parents for a little while because everything is going so great. In truth, things are just fine. We share cooking, cleaning, and shopping with one another, enjoy wine Mm -hmm. and meals together, and generally cohabitate pretty well. But there's this one thing. Whether I'm cooking or not, I make moves toward washing the dishes after the appropriate amount of post-dinner small talk. But more often than not, my mother-in-law will shoo me away from the task. Sometimes I even sustain a hip check from this tiny woman in a house dress. But it's her house. If she wants to wash the dishes, I say, knock it out, lady. The Mm -hmm. issue, the issue, dear so-and-so, is that she only uses cold water to wash the dishes and refuses to use the dishwasher. A sleek, Hmm. modern stainless steel appliance is inches away, and she is washing each individual dish in cold soap. 
cold water and soap. If I do get to wash the dishes, it is enforced that I do the same. And if I try to sneak into the kitchen at night to secretly scrub with hot water, she can smell it on the dishes the next day and will rewash them. She will rewash. What to do? Let it go? But the environment and health reasons and the dishwasher. Signed, uh, with admiration, wishes for dishes. I used to live uh, with a friend in college, and he had a set of his own dishes. And okay. he would he would only eat off of those dishes. Great. And I love it. And I just think that you just <laughs> buy a couple of your own dishes and you just use your own dishes. This dish thing is real. It is like a big part of cohabitation. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think's going on with this mom here? <laughs> I, so, don't, like, I don't know. So what what I'm what I initially was perceiving is she's like trying to say that like hot water is perceived is wasteful as or something wasteful but but what i'm more confused about is when this mom then rewashes dishes that were right. washed in hot water exactly that doesn't make sense also dishwashers are more efficient than hand washing right. so like i don't understand yeah it's not for I think it's not to be understood. You're in an alternate universe with different rules. Yep. Buy your own dishes. (laughs) Or just let it go. Like, or just do whatever, like, do whatever. I mean, I guess. But I guess what I'm wondering is if writer is a little bit grossed out. Right, grossed out. By the dishes, yeah. That's why I'm kind of like. Buy your own dishes, yeah. Like, you just have to give up so. You you, just do, yeah. You give up so much control when you're staying in someone's house especially a homeowner and it's like multi-generational yeah totally. like there, there's like a dynamic there that's there's just two dynamics there yep it's yeah. like too it's too complicated yeah. to even wrap our brains around so the only answer is to turn your brain off and buy your own dishes and the other thing that i think you want to hear is that you're right you are right like this is weird um oh, yeah, and you're it's right. not like efficient good for the environment wait are or... people just writing into us like I do how think last so. time yeah with the with the guy who didn't want to wanted his friend to pay for the 20 year old um speeding ticket yeah yeah it's, we it's, validate we, you. we vindicate you yeah you yeah, vindicated. We vindicate you sorry you live in an alternate universe where the, yeah. the laws don't apply <laughs> yeah what a bummer, man. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, so figure well that one out. Yeah. Nice work. <laughs> On to the next. <laughs> Shall I share another Dear Abby pet peeve? You bet you should. Okay. This is from Can't Afford My Friends in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Dear Abby, I would like to share my pet peeve with you. It's a trend, you guys. It's a trend. Okay. It's being invited to, quote, sales parties for Mm. kitchenware, beauty products, etc. I can't afford to spend money at these so-called parties because I have three children to feed. I would prefer not to disclose my financial situation to every person who issues these invitations, which arrives sometimes on a weekly basis. I have tried to tell friends that I am busy that night and they either find out that I really don't have plans or try to sign me up for an outside order. Oh. <laughs> That's, yeah, which is very forward. I have shared <laughs> with a few friends that I am on a strict budget and they reply with, just come and don't buy anything. That's not a workable solution because the consultants see the word no as a challenge and won't take mm-hmm. no for an answer. Also, it's intimidating to see everyone else pull out their checkbooks. How can I get uninvited permanently so I can stop avoiding the mailbox um, can't, can't afford, afford my, my friends, friends in, in Albuquerque, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mexico. <laughs> Listen, 
when you find yourself in a situation where everyone in your social circle has joined a pyramid scheme, it's time to find new friends. That's couldn't have been better said. Yeah. That's the answer. Yeah, you can get uninvited permanently by uninviting yourself from yeah. friendships. Yeah. It's true. But I will say this does touch on some things that we have talked about before, which is money. Like, yep, so let's totally. take the pyramid scheme out of this and yeah. just like... Make it something else. Yeah, yeah frame just it in like... ter- terms of money. And, and that is so hard yeah. um, and is a thing that strains and stresses friendships the world over like right yeah it's um a great time for these friendships right now because a lot of your friends you're just hanging out on zoom so Mm -hmm. it's free but um well actually that's not true we've talked about this like people are like renting houses together actually it's totally yep never mind it's totally exacerbating and selling tupperware on zoom right ew my the thing that i was into for a very (laughs) long time uh was going on uh, Facebook Live and see if we could find pearl parties. Are you familiar with this phenomenon? Um, It is another MLM, Uh another pyramid scheme, um, but they were packaged as there would be a seller, Uh a person who threw a company, I believe Vantel was one of the companies, but I can look that up in a moment, who would, um, they would ship oysters to your house. Oh, okay. And then you would log on to Facebook Live. You know, you would be invited to this party and you would get to like spin a virtual roulette wheel to decide which oyster you got to open to see your pearl. The money was made by you buying a setting beforehand. So like, I'm going to buy this necklace to put my pearl in. And the entire thing would just be the host opening pearls on Facebook Live. And it was mesmerizing. Wait, they're not sending you real oysters. Yes. Fresh oysters. Wait, this is just so crazy. So are they are they pre-shucked and you just like pull them apart? Nope. nope. You shuck you them yourself? Them. <gasps> yeah. I I I'm excited by your enthusiasm. I will say I'm sure many of our listeners have read like this this story has been scooped. This, okay, sorry. Sorry listeners that I'm like dwelling on this thing. There was so much joy when I discovered this that I am vicariously reliving it through you. Like I I'm so delighted that you didn't know about this and that I get no. to on air like live your excitement. Also, it is called Vantel Pearls. Also, they are located in Mansfield, Massachusetts. I am going to drive out there tomorrow oh, and tell it. you what's there. Thank you. Thanks. You're welcome. It probably a pearl farm. I'm think or like a oyster farm is no, my it, guess. I guess I should let you know. Mansfield is inland. Like it is not. That's okay. If they have a pond, like a shallow pond, they can make fresh. They can like cultivate freshwater mm, oysters. Maybe. I, I also wonder if it's like just the offices guarded sure. by. Um, like heavily armed people. Like I, I don't know why I imagine <laughs> that this like a, that this MLM is like under lock and key yeah. and bouncer and other bouncer and well, heavily yeah, armed militia. It's, because it's um it's armed to the teeth. Um yeah. obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will bring if I if I've learned anything from watching heist movies, it's that you got to bring a blanket to throw over the barbed wire so that you're able to roll over the barbed wire. 
Did we answer this person's question? <laughs> were we? T- were the, was their question about pearl parties, or was no. it about something else? It certainly it's was about not. Tupperwares. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, um, yeah. Make new friends. Your friends are oh, in yeah. a cult. Money is like <laughs> is a shitty division, and this sounds like a really shitty friendship group to be part of. This sounds like a bummer, even if you did have money. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if you had a ton of disposable income, like... So uninteresting and boring. I also am reminded of the fact that you sold knives. Knives? Did you sell knives? Yeah, I sold sold knives and a ShamWow type. It wasn't called a ShamWow, but it was a ShamWow. ShamWoo, an off-brand ShamWow, a ShamWoo. Exactly. Um, I'm reminded of that when when this when this writer says because the consultants see the word no as a challenge and won't take no for an answer because if I recall that's sort of how you were trained as well. That's definitely how I was trained. Every you're trained to turn every person because turn by turn I mean um, they they turn a no into a yes, turn them into a sale. Yeah. Yeah. But it's called the turn, like the part where you like sort of get them all to agree to buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the strategy is to turn every person because you can't have any detractors sort of speaking rationally about how this is a waste of money. Um, right. That will ruin it and everybody will will change their mind. You need to turn everybody at once. Like the, the vibe in the room needs to be like, oh, we're all doing this. Yep. And then get them all to do it. Ring them up immediately as soon as that happens and then get out of there. Here we go. Thank you so much, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a delight and a joy. As, as always, always, you can find us online at dearsoandso.pizza where you can listen to new episodes, write in, send us your pet peeves. Please tell Love us, them. rant about something. Also, if you were a member of Brookline High School class of 2003 <laughs> and you recall receiving Take Five Bars as tossed at us in at the front door of Brookline High School by whoever the assistant headmaster was, please reach out to me directly. I'm dying to know what sort of Mandela effect or not I'm experiencing. We need to know. Our theme music is by Busy Hempel. And as always, this has been Dear So-and-So. I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. But I wanted to say that's Alyssa Bloomstein. (laughs) Don't get it wrong. (laughs) Thank you and goodbye. Bye.